I'm Andrew Piver, and this is NT News Sports Talk. On today's show, we take a look at the NT Thunder's upcoming match against Canberra, local motorsport, top-end rugby league and rugby union, the FFA Cup, and also discuss the NRL's rep weekend and Cyril Rioli's future at Hawthorne. Hi everybody and welcome again to the show. I'm joined today once again by NT News Sports Journos, Gray Morris and Jack Hislop. Boys, how are you both? Very, okay. very well. Very good, Andrew. Guys, we'll start with the Territory Thunder, who are hosting the Canberra Demons on Saturday night. Gray, I'm guessing the NT boys will be especially keen for a win after their <laughs> loss to the Swans last week? Well, they will, Andrew. They've lost two of their last three and uh, certainly be keen to beat the boys from Canberra, where they tell me it's about minus six, so... Once I get up here, it'll be probably 36, so there's a 42-degree temperature difference, so it's going to be very interesting. They might not want to go home after the game. Well, what, what they will do, Andrew, is melt. <laughs> <laughs> I guess looking at the Thunder and their, their recent results, who do you think has to step up for them to help them uh, get back into the winner's circle? Well, I've, they've got to start getting more of the ball out of the midfield. They've also got to start using the ball a lot better. Uh, my spies tell me that the Swans game last week, they were very slack defensively, and the Swans are very strong with the ball, got numbers around it. And that's what Thunder have to do, get numbers around the ball and use it properly. Otherwise, they might be three from four. Canberra, is there a danger of maybe underestimating them a little bit? Or? Exactly. Canberra, uh, fifth on the ladder. They're only just behind Thunder, who are fourth. So uh, certainly it's a, um, it's a big game for Thunder. If they drop this one, the questions will start getting asked, particularly from the NT News sports scribes. We know you love asking the hard questions, Gray. Exactly. They will start. Don't worry, Andrew. <laughs> Hopefully the Thunder can get a win. I'll switch codes now to Rugby League and the 2017 NRL NT competition is finally kicking off this weekend. Jack, any early premiership tips in the men's and women's competition? Uh, it's hard to uh, know at this stage, but um, all the teams are looking quite strong. Uh, Palmerston... Mm-hmm. Um, are looking good under new coach Daniel Keelan. Uh, Northern Sharks, they've also got a new coach, the defending premiers, uh, Anthony Castro. Actually, five out of the seven teams have new coaches. Really? So it's been a big turnover. It's been a big turnover with coaches, big turno- turnover with players. Uh, it's more volatile than the NRL, it sounds like. Yes, I know. Maybe uh, Jason Taylor can get a gig. Yes, here. Litchfield and Nightcliffe are the only two sides who have retained their, their coaches. <laughs> Interestingly, they both missed the finals last year. They play against each other in round one. Uh, the grand final rematch as well, Palmerston versus the Sharkies. Uh, and then Brothers play Catherine, which will also be a, an interesting uh, clash. Brothers under new coach Michael McLean, who's a bit of a club legend, and Catherine uh, Dwayne Roses. So should be a good round one. Uh, it's, it's hard to tip not knowing uh, mm-hmm. how, how the sides are, are going at this stage. But I guess uh, Palmerston uh, probably the early favourites due to their win in the NRL NT9s uh, two weeks ago. In the women's comp, any standout teams at all or standout chances? Uh, Nightcliff and Sisters, again, are the two strongest sides. They had a filling grand final in the, in the nines, which went to extra time, so they're, they're, the, they're the two um, to look out for. Gotcha. Now, Rugby Union South are looking pretty good going back-to-back, do you think? It's going to be hard to stop them. There was the top-of-the-table clash last weekend... Uh, University versus Souths. University actually had a 14-0 half-time lead. They had mm-hmm. all the ball in the first half. Souths were very ill-disciplined, gave away so many penalties, but uh, they changed a few things up at, at half-time. Coach James Dadassel uh, switched a few uh, players around, and um, the likes of Andrew Walker, uh, Sedefano Kakao, and Abel 
Naser, I think I've said that right. Uh, yes. Scored. <laughs> scored uh, can you spell it? That's the main thing. Yeah, I can if you want me to. <laughs> um, they went and uh, scored a couple of real length of the field tries. They used their speed to the back line and they ended up winning 26-21. Uh, they scored 26 second half points to take that victory. Uh, university, you know, that they're, they're, they're still looking pretty good. Uh, their coach, Hone Edwards, was very disappointed with their second half, said that they, they didn't turn up in that second half. So they'll be looking to bounce back this week. Um, and Casarina and Darwin. Uh, Casarina beat Darwin 22-17 last weekend. They're the kind of third and fourth place sides. Uh, but I think they'll improve as, as the season goes on and they'll by the end of the season they should uh, be up there challenging Souths and, uh, and Uni. You mentioned Andrew Walker before. How's he settled into football up here, would you say? Uh, pretty good. He's, he, I mean, he's very experienced. He was playing 12 at the weekend. Uh, he, has, he has two inexperienced guys playing fly half and outside centre mm-hmm. um, beside him, so it's, it's a good fit there. Uh, but uh, not nothing too special, but he's got a good kick on him and he seems to uh, rally the troops pretty well around him, so he's a good fit for that side. It's good to hear. Uh, moving to soccer now, and Gray, Hellenic and Olympic played out a spirited FFA Cup clash the other night, I hear, that involved a few red cards. Andrew, it was a typical Greek derby. It started nicely, and they were playing lovely soccer, and the crowd was <laughs> clapping, and all of a sudden it started to get a bit intense. It's just before half-time, two reds got sent off, two reds got redded, mm-hmm. in other words, uh, red carded, and all hell broke loose then. There was scuffles, there were chest grabs, you know, the old mm-hmm. punch. And, uh, and the fact, there was a punch thrown by one particular player, but it missed. So he, he'd, <laughs> he'd be lucky, I think, that it did miss. But uh, in all that, with the Olympic down to nine men, they end up leading 1-0 at half time, mm-hmm. uh, amazingly, for a great goal from Michael Sunius uh, early in the game. Then they scored again in the second half, lo and behold, to lead 2-0. And everyone's thinking, we're going to have a nine-man win here. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Hellenic did come back and uh, tied it up at full time and then got home 4-2, but a terrific game. Getting a sense these two teams don't like each other very much when they're on the field against each other? Oh Yes, you, you mentioned that beautifully, because on the field, they're enemies. Off the mm-hmm. field, they're best mates. It's amazing. But uh, it cer- certainly, certainly grows a very intense rivalry between the two Greek sides. That's just the beauty of sport up here, I think. And, it does. Uh, Moving away from the football codes, grade this weekend marks the start of the speedway and drag racing season. I it's understand. all happening. It's all happening. Yeah, May sixth. They've, they've had it on their sporting calendar for a while. Both of those codes, uh, the drag racing out at Hidden Valley will probably get a crowd around four or five thousand mm-hmm. for the opener, as they always do. And speedway will be a little bit less, of course, because uh, you know most of the motorsport fans get the drags. You'd think, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, both out of Hidden Valley and both b- big nights. So the motorsport fans that I know are rubbing their hands with glee already. A lot of breadheads up here in the territory, would you a say? A lot, lot of petrol heads, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, once they get the smell of that exhaust fumes and the burning rubber, they're, um, they're quite happy. Oh, well, they should be in for a good time this weekend then. Uh, jumping to national matters now. And it's the NRL Rep Weekend. Uh, this round, Australia is playing New Zealand in Canberra, but the soon-to-be-extinct City versus Country match has got many of the headlines this week after City coach Brad Fittler was forced to delay the announcement of his side because he was struggling to find enough available players. Now, Jack, you're from New South Wales. Is there any truth to the rumour Freddie gave you a call 
and asked you to line up on the wing. Yeah, he did actually. He did. Yeah. There you go. But you just didn't want, to be around Paul, didn't want to be around Paul Gallon, is that right? Or? No, I couldn't afford the tickets back to Sydney. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah. Damn. Airfares. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a sad state, really. We we spoke about it last week, but the fact that the game has reached you know this stage where the city coach can't find enough available players to fill a side, it's it's a bit well pathetic, really. Yeah, it's, it's just, it is sad how the the game's deteriorated deteriorated over the last uh, what, twenty years, would you say? Yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I think they're putting more of an emphasis on the international rugby league now. Mm-hmm. Um, those Samoan and Tongan sides picked at the weekend are much stronger than the city and country sides. So I think that says mm-hmm. a bit about um, where the NRLs or the international rugby league uh, priorities lie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's sad what's happened to city country, but uh, it's it's dying a slow death, and uh, it's been a very very slow process, and it's eventually it's mm-hmm. now eventually. <laughs> It's all gone now, so... Uh, true, true. Yeah. Been, been going for 108 years, I don't know, 106 yeah. years. A long way. Yeah, it's, a, it's a long time. It's yeah. a long time. To, to, to me, it's sad because, uh, to me, sport is all about history. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then again, it's, it's, a, it's a commercial world out there now too, isn't it? So, it's very true. Do you guys get excited... Dollars and cents. Do you guys get excited by international football, like Australia v New Zealand, Australia v England, New Zealand v England at, at rugby league? At all, or well, much more than I did ten years ago. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um, New Zealand are very strong now. That side against Australia this yeah. week—it's fifty-fifty call as to who's mm-hmm. going to win. And also the the strengthening of those Pacific uh, island nations mm-hmm. has made it a little bit more interesting. And I wouldn't be surprised if Samoa beat England on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could go very yeah. close. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's getting better. Yeah, it, it'll be a huge result if the Samoans beat England. And, of course, uh, Rugby League needs it. They, mm. they need a... a, a do- when, when is the next World Cup, Jack? It's the end of this year. This year. Right, yeah. thank you. I, I just, <laughs> the course of the game We have, we have a game up here, we do. <laughs> the course of the game and down. I just hope that the, the competition is, is fierce and strong because mm-hmm. if it isn't, uh, Rugby League is going to fall away again. It is, and Mel Meninga, when he took on the uh, Kangaroos role, one of the things he wanted to do was make uh, the Australian... Uh, Jersey, the pinnacle again in rugby oh, league. Okay. I think he's definitely uh, making steps Progress, towards yeah. that. And now he's just trying to get the, I guess, the broader public on board. I guess for rugby league fans, state of origin is the thing that we get most excited about. Um, so, but he wants to get the international game at least to the same level, even above. And Fantastic. Yeah, good luck does. to me. It, it's certainly. Yeah. It's not a better man to do it. Exactly. He's yeah. a very passionate man, Big Mel. And if anyone's ever met him and shaken his hand, he has the strongest handshake. <laughs> In the world. Of all time. He does, yeah. he does. He's nearly broken my hand a few times, so... <laughs> Which is good. It, hopefully he wasn't mad at me. Mal, no. love your work. Uh, lastly, we'll move on to AFL, and it looks like the Hawks will be in for a very long season after copping another heavy defeat at the weekend. Uh, there's talk in AFL circles that the Hawks may need to trade some of their big stars to begin the rebuilding process, and a name that has been mentioned a few times is Cyril Rioli. Now, it seems unthinkable the Hawks could let a player as good as Rioli go, but Gray, do you think it's something they'd consider if they got a good enough deal in return? Andrew, I know the Hawthorne fans would riot mm-hmm. if, if they didn't get rid of him, but remember they got rid of Sam Mitchell and, and mm-hmm. Lewis at the end of last season, so uh, and they were both one and two in their best and fairest count. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but whether they get rid of Rioli, they'll, they'll have to get a, you know some, some good footballers in exchange. But uh, you know, as I said before with rugby league, it's a commercial world. Mm-hmm. And it's all about winning. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, it, you know, if junior boys playing for Hawthorne and they're getting done every week, mm-hmm. then they have to look for alternatives. Mm-hmm. And maybe one is to, uh, to put junior boy on the market and see what interest they get from the other clubs. And, and there will be a lot of interest, don't mm-hmm. worry about it, because he's only 28. Yeah. He's only a lad, still. Do you think Hawthorne jumped the gun a little bit too early with the rebuilding process? I think those two guys go yeah. at the end of last year. They could have stayed at the top a little bit longer. I think you're right. I think uh, they uh, well. Sam Mitchell wanted to get into coaching anyway, but uh, as far as Hawthorne fans are concerned, I think he's done it about two years too early that he mm-hmm. left the club. Uh, he was 33, I think, which is but he would have had two good years left in him. And Jordan Lewis was a very good player for Hawthorne too. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, two of their guns, as I said, one and two, and the best and fairest. Mm-hmm. And where are Hawthorne on the ladder? Second last. I guess the other team that's struggling as well uh, is Sydney. It, it, it seems unthinkable considering the success these teams have had over yeah. the past few years, but is there a realistic chance one of those two teams could actually get the wooden spoon this year? Well, maybe maybe that's what this is all about. Maybe they are looking for wooden spoons and early draft picks. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, you're, not suggesting, you're not suggesting tanking. Uh, no, that doesn't happen in the AFL. I was going to say, there is a word called tanking, so you never know. They might be throwing that around. But certainly the Swans... Um, Swans just can't get their act together. It's amazing. I've, I've tipped them three of the... Mm-hmm. And they've been beaten the last three games. True. They've had a chance in all of them. But they just look flat and they're fumbling the ball. And maybe you're right. Maybe there is some tanking involved. The, um, it, it's, it's, it's almost a blood sport tipping um, in both competitions at the moment, AFL and the NRL. It's so hard to predict <laughs> it um, week in, week out. Are you guys having any success in your no. tipping competitions? No, you had a very good start in the NRL, but yeah. <laughs> falling off the... Uh, Falling off the radar. I've had a horror couple of rounds, Andrew, mainly because I, I keep going for the favourites and they keep getting beaten by clubs like Carlton. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And I can honestly say I'm experiencing the same thing. But hopefully the people out there listening are having better luck in their tipping competition, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And Jack and Gray, thank you very much for taking part. Thanks. Thank you, sir. The podcast Faith on Trial looks into Hillsong, both in Australia and the U.S., and takes both the listener and hosts on unexpected twists and turns in the story of Brian Houston and the singing preachers. There are two incidents involving Pastor Brian. The Australian journalists uncovered a litany of alleged criminal behavior in the megachurch. Financial gifts were being given to the leaders of the church. Listen to Faith on Trial Hillsong ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.